Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Today, I would like to talk about life-changing attitude. We want to turn our defeat into victory. How many people want to turn the bad life into the good life? Amen. How many people want to have a good life? How many people want to have victory in life? Amen. In order to do that, we need to change from bad attitude into the godly attitude. The Bible says in Philippians chapter two, verse five, "Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you." Which was in Christ Jesus. Let Him be your example in humility. What kind of attitude did Jesus have? We are supposed to have the same purpose and attitude as Jesus' attitude. And if we have the same attitude, we will have a life of victory, like Him. Although Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price for all of us to have a wonderful, victorious life, but unfortunately, many Christians never have a wonderful life. I sit in my office, seeing so many patients, and many people claim to be Christian, but their life did not have the wonderful things, the abundance that God told them in the Bible. They got frustrated because they did not. See the fulfillment of the promise of God in their life, or what they pray about. God wants us to live in victory. God wants us to walk in victory and not defeat. But in order to do that, we need to take some responsibility. A lot of us learn in the church how to walk in victory, but a lot of time we don't know how to do it. Today, I like to talk about one attitude that's going to give us victory. And I believe that this sermon is for you today. Don't use the elbow when we preach. This is for you. No, it's for you, not for your husband, not for your wife. Amen. In order to have victory, we need to have some changes in our life. And one of the changes we need to do is to change our attitude. A change is a process. It takes some time, and God has not finished with us yet. We have not arrived yet. We need to press on. In order to change, to become more like Christ and have the same attitude. Before I talk about a thankful attitude, I like to mention about a group of people in the Bible, and we can learn from this story very well. This group is the children of Israel in the time of Moses. Many of you know the story. I review a little bit. The children of Israel were slaves in Egypt for many hundred years. And one day, God called a man to be a savior, to be a deliverer. His name is Moses. And Moses talked to the Pharaoh, and eventually, with many, many miracles that God performed, Pharaoh had to let the children of Israel go. Egypt or slavery in Egypt is like we are slaves to sin. Pharaoh is compared to Satan. Who rule and reign over us before we become a Christian? 
Moses is symbolic of Jesus Christ, who set us free from Pharaoh. But the story did not stop only coming out from Israel and get into the wilderness, because God had a promise for these children that they would go into the promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. So, in other words, after we get saved, God set us free. We're gonna go through the wilderness into the promised land, the land, the life of abundance, the life of victory. Amen. How many people want to go into the promised land? I want to go into the promised land. We learn something about the children of Israel. Instead of going into the promised land with only 11-day trip, they can get into the promised land in 11 days. That is the distance. But they kept wandering around a mountain in that generation for 40 years, and they did not get into the promised land. We're going to read some scripture to see what happened to these people. Two or three million Israelites were stuck in the wilderness. They did not make it to the promised land except two men and all the children who were born in the wilderness. The rest all died in the wilderness. They were God's children, but they were dead, including Moses as well. Something wrong happened here. They did not make it to the promised land. There must be a reason behind what happened. As a Christian, we need to find out the why behind the what. Sometimes when I look at the Bible, I see that I can possess something in my life, the promise of God like healing, prosperity, joy. And if I don't have those things, I need to ask myself, why don't I have those things? And if you would ask the same question, you would do well. You need to find out why they don't get into the promised land. The problem is this. Most people, instead of finding out why and start to take responsibility to change themselves, they begin to blame someone else. They blame God. They blame their leaders. They blame other people. And sometimes they even blame Satan. They blame the devil, even though the devil has nothing to do with it. The devil gets blamed all the time in the church. Actually, the problem starts from the Christian themselves having the wrong attitude. These people face a phenomenal bad experience in the wilderness for 40 years. Can you imagine walking around the same mountain for 40 years? Cannot get into the promised land. They have a bad attitude. They thought if the giants are so big in the promised land, we would not be able to go in. They have a victim mentality. They have a desert, a wilderness mentality. They have a wrong mindset. They have a wrong attitude. And that wrong attitude kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. Today, we would like to learn how to get out from that attitude so we will not wander around the mountain for 40 years like them and never got to the promised land. A lot of people think the promised land is in heaven. No, the promised land is on earth here because there are no giants in heaven. When you get to heaven, is another realm. But the promised land is on earth because you have to face giants on earth, face your enemy on earth. We talk about attitude today. Why? Because our attitude or our thought life will always turn inside out. The Israelites have problems 
They had no positive vision for their future. They did not have a positive, expectant, faith-filled attitude. If anything went wrong, they expect to have another thing go wrong with them. They have that kind of defeated victim mentality. They have a very lazy, irresponsible attitude. This is what they say all the time in the wilderness. They say, somebody else has to fix this problem for me. Moses, you pray for us. We don't like difficulties. If we have difficulty, we're going to leave the church. We're going to get back to Egypt again. We're going to get out from Christianity. They complain and they have a negative, complaining, grumbling attitude. And many times Moses fell down on his face and prayed for them that God would not punish them. They depended on other people's work, but they did not take responsibility to repent and to have the right attitude themselves. Manna, the food from heaven, fell every single day. They did not have any responsibility to get food to eat at all. Basically, God did everything for them in order to survive in the wilderness. They did not take responsibility. Everyone say responsibility. Moses let them. All of them died except two persons and their kids. Moses died too. And Moses could not take them into the promised land. And then God raised up a new leader named Joshua. And God spoke to Joshua the first thing. He said, Moses was dead. It's interesting. Do you think Joshua knew that Moses was dead? Yeah, he knew. They even mourned for Moses for 30 days. But God said before they entered the promised land, Moses is dead. Why did God say that? God said that because God wanted to tell Joshua and the new generation of Israelites that the past is the past. You need to leave the victim mentality behind. You need to come up to the new level of faith. You need to come up to the new level of responsibility and walking with God. That's what God tried to tell the children of Israel. If you want to go into the promised land, you need to go to the higher level, new level of responsibility. Amen? Many of you have been walking around a mountain for many years. Today, I believe God wants to speak to you to get into the promised land, get rid of bad attitudes, and go to the next level, have a breakthrough in your life, don't go around the mountain anymore. New responsibility. How many people want to have more anointing and more authority? How many people, when you say, in Jesus' name, the sick is healed? How many people want to say, in Jesus' name, the job will come and the job will come? You have authority that heaven answer your prayer. You walk around with anointing and authority in your life. If you want authority, I want to tell you the truth. Authority comes with responsibility. If you don't take responsibility, you don't have the authority. Even though Jesus has given you authority, but the problem is this, that if we don't take responsibility to have the right attitude, that bad attitude will clog up the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the anointing cannot flow. The authority cannot be at work in our life because we have some bad attitudes. That's why we need to really, really repent and turn around and don't stay in the wrong attitude. 
because we're going to stay in the wilderness forever if we don't change. Let's look at some scripture to see the reason why these children of Israel never make it to the promised land. Numbers chapter 14, verses 2 to 3. All the Israelites grumbled and deplored their situation, accusing Moses and Aaron, to whom the whole congregation said, Would that we had died in Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wife and little ones will be a prayer. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt, to return to slavery? You can see that the children of Israel were grumbling, complaining, murmuring, accusing, blaming everything. Blaming God, blaming the leader, blaming the situation. They said that they wish that they would go back to Egypt and die in Egypt. They were coward quitters. They did not want to fight. They did not have the warrior mentality. They have a victim mentality. That's why they stay in the wilderness for 40 years. If we do the same thing, we're going to stay in the wilderness like them. Look at another scripture, Numbers chapter 20, verses 2 to 6. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled together against Moses and Aaron, and the people contended with Moses. Contended means have a strife, fighting, quarreling with Moses, and said, Would that we had died when our brethren died in the plague before the Lord. And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness? Why? They complain that we should die here, we and our livestock. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It's no place of grain or of figs or of wine or of pomegranates. And there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly of the door of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the, then the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Wow. These people were ridiculous. They were negative. They were very depressed. They were complaining, making strife, very unthankful, very ungrateful. They were fault fighting. They were complaining and grumbling all the time. That's why they did not get into the promised land. Look at Numbers chapter 21 verses 4 to 5. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea. I read all of this scripture to show you the reason why they did not get into the promised land. To go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient, depressed, much discouraged. They did not have faith at all. They were very depressed because of the trials of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why? Everyone say, why? Why me? Why this happened? Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither there any water, and we loathe this light, contemptible, unsustainable manner. They complain against even the food that God gave to them. They say that this manna is nothing. They complain about everything. My dear brother and sister, I don't think it would take you for a long time to find out 
why these people did not make it to the promised land. They were negative, ridiculous, depressed, complaining, grumbling, murmuring, fault finding, blaming, accusing. They never took their own responsibility to do anything. Always somebody else fault. Always somebody owed them something to do something for them, and that's why they don't live a victorious life. The Bible tell tell us that we should always be thankful in all circumstances. The Bible never say we should be thankful for all circumstances, but in everyone say in, in all circumstances, in every situation, we should not complain, but we should be thankful. The Book of Psalm chapter thirty four verse one say, "I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth." You see, the the psalmist say, "I should praise God at all time," but the Israelites love to sing the same old song. Why have you the the name of the song say, "Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness?" Over and over again, they sing the same old song. This is like a song that we hear in my generation. Raindrops keep. Falling on my head. That doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Try is not for me, 'cause I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining. Because I'm free, nothing worrying me. The rain keep dropping, keep falling down. That's why they got into trouble. Numbers chapter twenty-one verse six. I just want to wake you up today. <laughs> Then the Lord sent forty burning serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. God judged them because of their unbelief, because of their bad attitude, and then they got a revelation. Is it amazing that we wait until we get into a desperate situation before we start to repent? Every time I see a patient with cancer, either brain cancer, any cancer, or any bad problem, I always tell my heart, tell myself, I'm not going to get into that situation before I repent. I need to repent first. I need to get a revelation now before I get into a desperate, devastated. A disastrous situation. Look at what happened to these children of Israel. They got the message after they got into disaster. Numbers 21 verse 7. And the people came to Moses and said, "We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord 
that he may take away the serpents from us. So people prayed for the people. So Moses prayed for the people. You can see here. Eventually, they got a revelation. There is not always somebody else's fault. It's not always the government's fault. It's not always your parents' fault. You need to take your own responsibility to change your attitude and to do what is right. Today, I would like to talk about a thankful attitude. This is just the introduction. <laughs> a thankful attitude. Do you know that a thankful person is a very powerful person? You will be amazed with the benefit of being thankful. Your thankful attitude will save your marriage. Your thankful attitude will save your job. Big time. Your thankful attitude will get you out of depression in your marriage. Instead of murmuring, complaining about what your spouse doesn't do, if you keep saying, I'm so thankful to you. You are such a wonderful person in my life. Your marriage life will be wonderful. Don't focus on a negative thing. You should be always thankful for your job. Because if you're not, somebody else is going to need that job and take that job from you. In fact, if you're thankful to your boss and people who are superior over you, you're going to save yourself. You do yourself a favor to save yourself from being laid off in a time of depression. You know why? Because people like to be around thankful person. No one likes to be around grumbler, complainer, or people who are critical, always negative, always complain and give people a hard time. You are drawn to people who are very thankful. Your boss is going to keep you if he has to lay off two persons out of six. He's going to keep you because you are thankful for the job you have. You may come to the church every Sunday and receive some blessing from God in your church. But then you can see some negative things in the church. And you begin to complain. Wow, the seat is too hard. I need a bigger cushion to sit. And the Lord wants to tell you today, you'd rather sit on the rock in the cave in Paul's time. Or you may say, oh, the parking at the church is so terrible, so hard to find parking. But the Lord wants to tell you that are you willing to walk four miles before you go to the meeting in China, mainland China? Or you may say that we don't have enough restroom around here. I need to walk far away in order to go to the restroom. And I want to tell you, are you willing to go to the bush, like in some third world country, when they want to empty their bladder? Or not only that, they don't even walk out during the sermon. Because they honor the preacher. You see, the attitude will either keep you in the wilderness or will take you in the promised land. You need to have a thankful attitude. Amen? Find some good things to talk about. And then whatever negative thing, just lift up to God and let God handle. And you keep focusing on the positive thing. You keep magnifying the good things in your job. Magnifying the good things in your marriage. Keep magnifying the good things in the church instead of focusing on the negative things. If you can make the positive thing in your marriage bigger than the negative thing, or you make the positive thing in your job 
bigger than the negative things, you're gonna have a happy life, and you're gonna have victory in your life. Amen. If you complain about your job, I want to tell you right now, many people out there would like to have your job. Amen. Let's put things in perspective here. For example, if you have a hard time sleeping in your bed in the past few months and you complain, my bed is too hard. What do you think about the homeless people who have no place to sleep? If you think about that. At 5 p.m. in Seattle on I-5, you get stuck in the traffic. Why don't you think about people in the world who have no automobile, no even car to drive? If you say, "Wow, I have a bad day at work," instead of complaining, you think about those people out there who are looking for the job for three months and haven't got the job. If you are despair in your marriage relationship right now, because the thing doesn't go well. Why don't you think about people who have never known what it is like to be loved and to love? Never get married. Never have anyone love them. If you grieve about your boss who does not say yes to you when you ask for the three days weekend holiday, and he said to you, "You have to work on that three days weekend," then you think about a single mom in a third world country who have to work 14 hours a day, seven days a week to feed her many children. If you complain about your wages right now, wow! I get only how many dollars an hour. Remember this: that a lot of people in the world make less than you in one month when you make in one hour. Instead of complaining, if your car broke down and you have to walk for one mile on the street, you think about people who are paralyzed and want to have an opportunity to walk like you. Instead of complaining, when you find one gray hair on your head, and you think about complaining about the gray hair, think about a cancer patient who underwent radiation treatment and lost all the hair, and hope to have some hair come back. If you complain about being a victim of somebody' fault, mistake, bitterness, insecurity, or Wrong decision. Think about this. You can be them instead of complaining. Amen. If we can stop complaining, murmuring, grumbling, fault finding, and we start to go to the next level of walking with God, that is to take responsibility in taking care of our own attitude and walking by faith and being positive. We're gonna get into the promised land. I don't know about you. I was not born being thankful. I remember when I was young, before I became a Christian. I love to complain a lot. Complain this, complain. I watch TV. I complain all the time about the TV program. I was a complainer by nature. But after I got saved, I am determined. I dig my heel. I stand my ground that I will stop complaining and being negative person. If I have to run out to the big rain outside. And my hair get wet. Instead of complaining about the rain in Seattle, I would say that thank God I can still run with my two legs. Instead of complaining, First Thessalonians chapter five verse eighteen say, "Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, 
For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. The Bible says, "Give thanks, be thankful, and give thanks." It's one thing about being thankful, but keep your mouth shut and never say anything. The Bible says clearly in Amplified Bible, "Be thankful in your heart, but also give thanks." You need to open your mouth and say something. You need to write an email. You need to send a note. You need to do something to give thanks. It will be wonderful if you can tell your spouse every day, "I'm so thankful for your life. You mean so much for me. You mean so much. You are such a blessing to my life." Even though the circumstance in your house may not be good, but you still say thank you. You give thanks to your spouse. You give thanks. To the people around you, you may say, "But I don't think my spouse need to hear that. She doesn't care. He doesn't care to hear the thankful word, even though she may not care. Even though he may not even care what you say, but you need to say it. Listen carefully. Even though people don't care what you say, you say about being thankful to them. Say I appreciate you, and they just ignore. Believe me, you need to say it." Because it's good for you, it will make you powerful person. It will make you a, a fruitful person, and God is very happy with you. No matter what circumstances you are in, you need to be thankful. Sometimes we sit down and pray for somebody, and while we're praying, the Holy Spirit urges and promises to call somebody or email somebody to say thank. And after we finish praying, this is what happened: the lazy spirit, the Passive and procrastinating spirit come in and say, "I think you just wait. You can say thank next year. Don't do like that." Do you notice one thing? That it's so amazing how quickly we can open our mouth to complain when we don't like something. But it's so hard to open our mouth to say thank to people when they do something for us. That is a human nature. We should be quick to say thank and. Shut our mouth to complain all the time, like the children of Israel. Send a card, send a note, send email, pick up the phone to call. Don't live by assumption. Some of us may assume that our friend in the care group, our boss, our employees, or our worship leader, or pastor, or leader, or our spouse and kids, they already know that you are very thankful. Don't assume that they know. You know why? Because the devil will try to attack people, to make people discouraged, so that they will stop doing the good things. So it's very important to always say thank to people, always being thankful and show appreciation to people around you. Maybe at the end of the church service, you can go to the worship leader and say, "Wow, wonderful worship today! You are amazing." I think the worship leader will feel so good. To hear that, so he can keep going. He can keep going in serving the Lord. Maybe you go to care group and you say to your care group leader, "Thank you so much for opening your home for us or cooking for us." You say thank to the care group leader. One of the greatest ministry in the world is not to be a preacher, is not to be a pastor, but one of the greatest ministry is to be exhorter, to be edifier. And to be encourager, the encourager spirit 
will look for some good things and then talk about it. Wow, today you look awesome. Wow, you are such a good friend. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for coming. Just encourage people all the time. And people need to be encouraged. People need to be edified. It's not good enough not to complain. But we need to do on the opposite side too of the complaining is to encourage people and say thank to people all the time. Since I learned this lesson, I say thank to my wife every single day. Da, I'm so appreciative that you marry me. You take care of me. Every time I look at her face, I say to myself, and say, wow, I love this woman. She is so good to me. And then I would tell her, I really want to thank you for living with me all this year. You need to say that all the time. People need to hear that. Don't keep nagging your children about what they don't do. But keep complimenting them and encouraging them for what they have done in the house. And then you can add on and they can do more. I just asked Paul yesterday. Paul has done a lot of good things in the house. He helped mom to wash dishes, to fold clothes. And yesterday, I said, Paul, you did a good job. You're a good son. Pastor Da always complimented Brendan and Tanida. By the way, Tanida have twins. Boy and girl. Thank God. <clears throat> and complimented Joy, a good student. You know, always go to school and be responsible. Last night I told Paul, Paul, I'm going to be away to Indonesia for eight days. Could you please help your mom to bring the garbage can out to the front door and put them back? And Paul said, yes. Instead of nagging, we compliment the kids. Amen. The Bible says that be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you. A lot of time, we are looking for the specific will of God for our life. Who are we going to marry to? What kind of job? What house are we going to buy? Where are we going to live? What church are we going to go? We are looking for specific will. But God will not tell you specific will until you do the general will of God. And what is the general will for every believer? The general view of every believer is to be aggressive in being thankful. Everyone say aggressive in being thankful. And if you can be aggressively thankful, the Lord will open the door for the next thing to show you what to do. But if you keep complaining, God will not tell you His specific will. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 say, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving. Everyone say, with thanksgiving. Continue to make your wants known to God. If you pray and you say, I want something, I need a job, I need a house, I need a spouse, and you pray. While you're praying, you keep complaining, you keep grumbling, you keep murmuring, you keep foul-fighting. The Lord will not give to you what you pray. You shut the door for the answer to prayer. But if you pray and ask God for some new things, and you keep being thankful, God is happy. And God is going to bring new things to you. God is going to answer your prayer. You know the reason why? Because God would not give you new things that you pray about if you're still complaining about the things that you already have. This is what happened. You have a small house, and then you get a bigger house, then you complain. 
Oh, big house, I have to clean. You get an old car, and then you get a new car. Oh, the tax is so high. I need to take care. I have to pay more taxes or something. You have a job, and you get a new job, and then you get a new job. You complain about a new job again. You keep complaining, then eventually the heaven say no more. If you pray, I'm not going to answer you anymore. Amen. If you have a girlfriend, and you complain about your girlfriend, God may take your girlfriend away because. If you get married, you're gonna complain to that woman, and then she's gonna be in trouble. So he may take the girlfriend away. Therefore, in your prayer, you need to be thankful. Amen. Look at the children of Israel. God blessed them with manna, with bread from heaven. But what happened? They complain. That's why they did not get into the promised land. God did not give them more because they complain about what they have. They have dissatisfied spirit. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Many times when we read this scripture, you think about a person is moving in the Spirit to have the gift of the Holy Spirit manifested in the meeting. And you say, don't quench the Holy Spirit in the meeting. But in fact, if you read First Thessalonians chapter 5 carefully, the context is not moving in the Holy Spirit, moving in the gift. Because a few verses before that, Paul talked about being rejoicing, always be joyful. Paul talking about taking care of the needy, talking about being patient, loving, stay happy, talking about lifestyle. If we have a lifestyle of complaining, we quench the Holy Spirit on the inside. You need wisdom, the Holy Spirit cannot give you wisdom. The Holy Spirit cannot give you joy. You cannot have power in your life if you keep complaining all the time. Complaining is the way of quenching the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that it's so easy to complain? Do you know that? I did one already this morning. <laughs> I can guarantee almost every one of you has done some complaining since this morning. You may not complain with your mouth, but you do like this. <sighs> you sigh. Signing is a manifestation of complaining. Because instead of having that dissatisfaction inside, you come out with the verbal conversation. You just use your noise through your vocal cord. <sighs> I did that during performing surgery. Actually, I repented. I performed surgery with Truman helping me on Friday night. And I was so frustrated with the bleeding in the back. And I did this many times. <sighs> I was complaining. I dare not say it out to the nurses. But I, <sighs> I was complaining. So I need to stop doing signing during surgery. I just have to be in faith and just do it with faith. And with the heart that connects to the Holy Spirit instead of complaining. Amen. Amen. Signing also is a sign of complaining. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We are sure and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into the plan for good to and for those who love God. In other words, if you understand this fact, this truth, that God takes all things in your life, whether good or bad, after He took all the things, He worked them out for your good. So in the negative circumstances, you will not complain. 
Because you know that eventually the good things gonna come out from this situation. Amen. You can remain thankful in all circumstances because you know God gonna make the good things out of this situation. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a homework assignment. Examine yourself every day, or watch yourself every day, that you will not complain even one time of every day in your life in the next 365 days. No complain. Zip. Can you have that homework assignment? Amen. No complain. Even one. No even sigh. <sighs> When you look at your husband doing something wrong, <sighs> that's com- complaining. <laughs> So, why don't I give you assignment? Be thankful instead of being complainer. Amen. Hallelujah. Remember this: trials will go away, will fade away. All the bad things in your life will never stay forever. But if you keep having the right attitude, you will be able to enter the promised land. Psalm 107, verse 22 say, "And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and rehearse his deeds." With shouts of joy and singing, you know what it means to have a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It means you still thank God in the midst of bad situation. That is sacrifice because normally by human nature we will complain in a negative situation. So you sacrifice not to open your mouth to complain, but you still thank God. Be aggressive in thanksgiving. Be verbal in thanksgiving. Let me read the last scripture and end this sermon. Luke 17, 11 to 19. And he went on his way to Jerusalem. It occurred that Jesus was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into our village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and called, Jesus, Master, take pity and have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go at once and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cured and made clean. Then one of them, everyone say, only one of them, upon seeing that he was cured, turned back, recognizing and thanking and praising God with a loud voice. And he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. Wow, he did not even say, thank you, Jesus, bye. He's, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He keeps saying over and over again. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Jesus asked this question. Where are they? Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien? And he said to him, get up. Go on your way, your faith, your trust and confidence that spring from your belief in God has restored you to health. This guy got a double blessing. He not only got cleansed by, from leper, leprosy, he was cleansed from leprosy, but he also got the blessing of living under the divine health until he died. God bless him. You notice that Jesus expects us to be thankful. He asked, Where are the night? Why these people never come back to thank me? Actually, God doesn't need your thanksgiving. But when you give thanks to Him, it's your own benefit. You get a double blessing. You're going to enter the promised land. Amen? 
I want to make a conclusion of the sermon today. That if you want to enter a victorious life, you need to take the responsibility of being thankful, have a right attitude, have a humble heart, receive correction. Don't always say that I'm right all the time. You are willing to say sorry and be thankful to people. Take responsibility to walk by faith. Take responsibility to clean up the junk attitude out of your life and start to have a positive attitude. And then you can walk in authority. And then you can have victory in your life. And God will be on your side. And God will really pour out His blessing upon your life. God can help you, but you need to make your own decision whether you're going to take that responsibility or not to be thankful, to be aggressive in being thankful verbally and from your heart. If you can do that, I believe all of you are going to enter the promised land and you're going to see victory in your life. How many people hear the word of God today and say, I will do it? I believe you will do it. Raise your hand up. How many people say, I will be thankful from now on? I will not complain. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is real and he gives us victory. No matter what problem you have in your life, we may have different problems. We may grow up from the different backgrounds. Some of you may fear death, may have sickness, or whatever. But God can resolve the problem for you and give you a new life, a life abundantly. And I want to invite you today to be thankful to God. You know, God will never force anybody. He is a gentleman. I gave my life to Jesus 27 years ago in Bangkok. I was a very devout Buddhist. But after I met Jesus, He took away many things in my life. Sickness, selfishness, pride, anxiety, short temper, a lot of things that God changed me. I want to encourage you and invite you to do the same thing. Give your life to Jesus. Be thankful and you will see victory. You're going to enter the promised land. If you want to do that, I'd like to ask you to pray with me. Bow your head and pray with me. How many people want to enter the promised land? How many people want Jesus to help you? Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Don't stay the same place. Get into the things of God. Amen. Why don't we pray together? Follow my prayer. If you want to stand up and pray, it would be good too. Stand up and pray with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, I need you, Lord. I'm sick. I need a doctor who heals me, delivers me, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. I repent of my sin. I don't want to live an old life. I want to have a victorious life. I invite you today to come into my life right now. Be my God, my Savior. Show me your way.
Reveal your power. Set me free. Give me a new life, abundant life, victorious life, joyful, prosperous, and thankful life. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for what you have done for me. I will take responsibility. To follow you, and to have the right attitude. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Give your mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street. Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 